Paul Cook Talks. He does other things too. Hello. Thank you for listening. It's Paul Cook Talks. I say it a lot, but really, this is a special show with some incredible behind the scenes attention and information about what goes into a national TV interview and how it came together for a friend of mine, um, all about fentanyl awareness. And the story you're going to hear is truly rewarding and awesome, but just like drug recovery, substance misuse recovery, and fentanyl use, you have great highs in these stories usually it's in the recovery and great lows and you're going to hear one of those incredible lows that's happened because of fentanyl and all of it coming full circle here on paul cook talks this week you might have seen pictures of fentanyl that was recovered at the border coming across in Mexico and it's rainbow colored. Almost looks like sweet tarts uh, and just, you know, appalling, of course. And, you know, thousands of pounds of fentanyl have been seized at the border coming in from Mexico during this border crisis and enough to kill everyone in America like eight times over or more. And we do know that people in America, two to 300 are dying a day because of opioid addiction and mostly because of fentanyl. What is fentanyl? It's a high powered, very, very potent form of an opioid, very potent form of oxycodone or even stronger, usually for patients who are in extreme pain, constant and extreme pain. And, you know, a little background, fentanyl originally came as a patch that, you know, you have stomach cancer, you need constant care for your pain and it would be a patch. And a fentanyl patch was, you know, about as strong as it got. Then it got to where, as everything does, when there's misuse involved, um, some in addiction would take that fentanyl patch and freeze it and then break it out of the package that's supposed to go on your arm and eat it and get this, uh, you know, opioid high. That's what we knew of fentanyl for years and years. Well, uh, as things have gone in China, they discovered the raw materials to make fentanyl. And, you know, we hear so much about fentanyl killing people. Uh, They have the raw materials, and really it's only in China, and they sell them to cartels in Mexico that assemble them, put them all together, and stamp them into a counterfeit pill. It might be Xanax. It might even be um, Adderall or what you would take for ADHD. And then, of course, originally it was stamped into what was an oxycodone 30, the strongest that you can get from oxycodone. Oxycontin is uh, a little bit different. It was a part of this incredible addiction crisis, but oxycontin was a uh, time release as well that people were taking incorrectly. Oxycontin no longer exists, but oxycodone does. 
I took it in the hospital um, when I had uh, surgeries for cancer twice, oxycodone. I don't think I ever got to the 30, but anyway, that was coming across. Then they started stamping it into other counterfeit pills where you think you're getting Xanax or something else and you're actually getting fentanyl and and there's been many deaths and deaths in St. Louis because of that, that incredible deception, which is just brutal. You say, why would anyone want fentanyl? Why are the cartels killing their clients? You know, why is this happening? It's a thing not often talked about very much, but that in addiction, opioid addiction and heroin addiction, people seek out fentanyl. Not everyone, you know, it it can kill you, but it's also a stronger high that, yes, could kill you, but it has been sought after, part of, and makes things stronger um, and much, much, much cheaper. So there is people seeking out fentanyl um, in a way. And we're going to talk to a friend of mine who did that. And my friend, out of the blue, St. Louisan Justin Smith was called by Fox News, Martha McCollum, on Wednesday and put on live TV, uh, you know, in front of a million, a million, 300,000 viewers. That's the average ratings for Fox News every day. I mean, this guy was thrust into it and he did a great job. And I want you to hear my conversation that I had with him. You'll hear that before the actual interview, which is just incredible. I mean, there are so many tragic cases, though, of people accidentally taking fentanyl. Um, I've told a story for a few years of a family in uh, Cleveland that had an 18-year-old in recovery. Um, He had had problems with uh, addiction and alcoholism, but was in recovery and had some sobriety. And uh, it was one morning his dad was going to take him to school and he looked and it looked like Dustin was tying his shoes. And uh, he thought, man, what's going on here? He went in and his son had been um, passed out uh, on his kind of lap and had, had expired. He had died and they later found out that it was fentanyl, enough fentanyl that looked like two salt grain size pieces, two salt grain size pieces. And the family was totally distraught and they are just dealing with, you know, they, they had taken away their son, Dustin's body. And, uh, you know, just, you you can only imagine, and hopefully you never have to, uh, like so many families have, they get a call from Dustin's childhood friend, Joe Abraham, his parents and Joe has also died within the hour from a fentanyl overdose that was about two salt grain size pieces of fentanyl. They thought it was in some type of stimulant. Uh, you know, they had fallen off track. Maybe it was meth, they thought, but it was fentanyl. And it took, uh, they say, under a minute to kill both of them to stop their breathing. We've never seen anything like this in our country, in our nation, in world history, something that is pouring across our border and killing young Americans, well, all of all types. It does not discriminate. 
And, you know, we've talked about it before. People are dying of addiction all the time. Um, you know, maybe even alcohol poisoning addiction and, and all of it incredibly tragic, but never before like this, where this is not intentional. They are trying to experiment, which is the beginning of all addiction experimentation and boom, it can happen like that. My name is Paul Cook. I'm also in recovery. Um, I'll say as well as right now that because this fentanyl is being put into counterfeit pills, you know, kids sometimes trade medicine. And that's a big thing we talk about, that don't trade medicine. Don't take medicine that's not with your name on the bottle. And even then, you've got to be careful. But, you know, oh, I've got uh, three tests to study for overnight, and a kid will take someone else's Adderall, or they think they're getting someone else's Adderall, a stimulant to keep them up all night. It's not. It's counterfeit. The other kid didn't even know it. Fentanyl. And that's it. It's absolutely tragic and upsetting. And I'm going to tell you a story of uh, an old high school friend. We'll call him Mark, who uh, was born, born his birthday just recently on 821 on the DEA's National Fentanyl Prevention Awareness Day. Kind of interesting timing, and I'll share a little bit of his story after uh, everything with Justin, but I want you to hear this interview. It's uh, inside of what happens in national TV, which is exciting, and just a, a young man who's coming alive after really a horrible childhood. Um, and to see him grow every day and find new things. And, and that doesn't mean he's perfect. That doesn't mean he's not going to have hiccups. We pray he doesn't. But uh, the story of Justin Smith was very interesting this past week. I'll have a conversation with him, and then you'll hear Martha McCallum and the interview. How's it going, brother? You're Tell me about let out. this Fox News thing. So today, I get a phone call from New York City, and I hit ignore. I'm like, screw you. I don't know you, anybody in New York. Yeah. They called me right back again. I hit ignore again. I'm like, you're going to keep bothering me. Then I get a text message from the same number talking yeah. about an interview. Didn't say nothing about Fox 2 News or anything. Yeah. I'm thinking it's for a job opportunity or something. Right. <laughs> so after I'm done reading it, they called me again. Oh, my gosh. So I, so I answered it. I'm like, this, this has got to be something important. You know, they continue to call me. Yeah. And, I've, and I just told myself, is this a Bill Clinton or something? I'll just fucking hang up on him. No right. big deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I get on the phone and the lady's like, how you doing, Mr. Smith? I, I saw your local report for Channel 4 and we're very proud of you here in New York. You're really inspiring people. I'm a producer for Martha McCollum, who has a segment called The Story. Yep. And she's really interested in interviewing you live on TV. And I told her, I was like, well, I'm, I'm interested. Just let me know when. And yep. she, she said, are you available today at 2 o'clock? <laughs> oh, my and so, God. So I, I, I said, I knocked on the door because I was outside smoking. I said, Joe, get out of here. Listen to this. Listen to this conversation. And... When I told him, he's like, well, well, we'll be in the car by that time. We're going to go home early. That way you can do it. Oh, my God. So so they sent me a link. The link didn't work. 
So then they called me, like we're going back and forth calling and everything. And then I was like, well, I have Skype. If Skype will work for you guys. And then that producer gets another audio person on there and then a video technician talking to me. Like it was so surreal, Paul. Unbelievable. It really was. It was surreal. It was just unbelievable. Wow. And then, so and, then, and then, and yeah. then a couple minutes later, they got the Skype phone call working. Mr. Smith, our audio technicians are with us. Can you hear them? Yeah, I can hear them. Well, <laughs> can you see us? Is the video feed working? So we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to go into this segment. Uh, then we're going to go to a little 30 second commercial. We're going to mention your name and let the people know that you're going to be coming in to talk with us. At that time, I'll come back on. I'll let you know what's going on and direct you. And then every couple of minutes, they come back in. Hey, Mr. Smith is the audio guy. Can you still hear me? You're going to be good to go in about three minutes. Oh. And then Martha comes on, and I'm like, oh, my God. Martha McCallum. Unbelievable. I love her. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah. So then what did you guys talk about? So uh, she asked me a couple questions about my addiction. Uh, so she, uh, she addressed the, the cartels mm-hmm. on their marketing fentanyl to kids now with the colorful pills Yep, and asked me to comment on it, how I felt about it. And it was just, it was real short, sweet, simple, yeah. but it was, a, it was just an amazing, surreal feeling. Buddy, that is so then, so then I called, I called Tom Lake. I was like, dude. When, when God closes one door, he only closes it to open another for you. I, maybe I wasn't meant to give my talk at the retreat, but apparently I was meant to talk about it yeah. because I was on Fox 2 News today. <laughs> yeah, you were on Fox News. I mean, yeah. huge, Justin. And you're right, man. Is Like you said, uh, uh, it, it also tells you to just hang on to your sobriety, you know, today. And you can really affect people in a huge way. Yeah. Oh my God, man, yeah. that is so, and so cool. And uh, one one of the questions she's asked me is, uh, in your recovery, what is one of the things that you hold on to the most that you learned in your recovery? And I, I my comment was, you know, just to be accountable for the things that you do. Oh. Like that's the thing that I hold on to the most is just holding myself accountable. Like whenever I went back out there and smoked crack and got drunk. I held myself accountable and I still called you. I told him, Hey, I'm sorry. I went back out there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like that's what I hold on to the most. Cause if yeah. I lie about it and I don't hold myself accountable for those things, I'm just going to stay out there. Right. Sick secrets, man. They just make you sicker. Now, and then another question she asked was, uh, what I would say to the younger generation. And I, I just told them that, you know, there are other ways to deal with your emotions rather than turning to drugs and alcohol. There are other coping skills that we can use. Wow. Yeah, there is hope for us. That's really good. Man, you got a gift. That was awesome. <sighs> yeah, was after that? after the interview, they uh they sent me a message saying that there's anything we can do to help you in the future. Feel free to give us a call. Keep my number stored. This is this is Martha McCollum. I have her. I have her personal phone number. Are you serious? Like yes. Wow. How insane is that? I know you were on fire. I didn't know you were on fire that much. Oh my god! Like that is just insane to me. Wow. And all glory to God, man. 
That's right. And you still got humility about it, oh, which is and, awesome. And and on top of everything, yeah, I got I got to say God bless you on national TV, and Martha McCollum said God bless you, Justin. <laughs> That's just not real. It's unbelievable. I'm so and just like you woke up this morning, you had no idea. No idea. No idea. I tried. I tried avoiding the phone calls, and God wouldn't let me. God That's wouldn't comedy. let me avoid it. <laughs> That is comedy. You know what I just noticed? Uh, I had been, I just came off a podcast and I've been recording this the whole time. You and I talking, uh, do you mind if I played that on my podcast? Do you mind that no, story? Oh my God. That's not at great. all. Any <laughs> time we have a conversation, I can record you can it. Use any of it. <laughs> you can record it and use it. I don't care. You're an open I book. Know it, I know it's being used for the right things. Mm. So I have no objections to it. Thank you. Is online right now for Fox, Fox News. Oh, good. Hey, send me a link. I will. Text it to me. I got to fly. Good talking to you. Well done, brother. Fighting the good fight. Keep your feet on the ground. Uh, obviously. All feet right. on the ground, head in the clouds. That's right, baby. Keep reaching <laughs> for the stars. <laughs> okay, see you, Justin. Love you, bud. Love you, bud. I'll send you a link. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs> I think that's the Casey Kasem. He would say that. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Oh, I miss Casey Kasem. Those Sunday mornings downstairs, the huge stereo system that is the size of a refrigerator on its side. Okay, anyway, I digress. Here is the story on Fox News this past week. We just were talking to him about how it went down. Here is Justin and Martha. So my next guest spent the majority of his young life battling addiction after he started using drugs at around 14 years old. For a long time, heroin was his drug of choice, but then fentanyl flooded the streets and became easily more accessible. Justin Smith says that seeing how much he was hurting his family eventually pushed him to seek help on his own. Justin joins me now. Justin, uh, congratulations to you. It's a hard road, and uh, we give you a lot of credit. It's not easy. Give, give us a sense of, of what happened to you and how you, you know, inter- your life intersected with fentanyl. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the first time I used fentanyl because fentanyl is being laced in everything these mm-hmm. days. But it, it was just so very easily accessible to get. I, mean, I could just go to gas stations and get it very easily. And I just started coming to a point in my life that I was just hit my lowest point and I just started using it on a daily basis. And you said that you there were times when you'd get it, basically drug pushers would give it to you for free. they put it in your pocket because they wanted you to, to get hooked on it and come back, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a specific time that I went to the gas station and somebody approached me wanting me to buy it and I told them that I didn't want it. The guy went back out to his car and got a bag filled with about 10 pills in it and just stuck it in my pocket. You know, what do you think when you see these candy, these candy colored bags full of fentanyl? What is the what is the risk to children from that? And it's heartbreaking to see that the drug industry is targeting young children, making it look like candy. I mean, it looks oddly like Skittles. Mm in a bag you know 
you have a young son and you have been in recovery, you want to put your family back together. I just wonder what goes through your mind when you listen to that last story about these mountaineer groups and you see these young kids who are trying to get their lives on the right track. What's the message from that and what would you tell them about your experience? And that, that story actually really hit home with me, uh, mainly because it was in West Virginia. That's actually where I got sent out to go to my recovery program was in Charleston, West Virginia, to a program called Frontline Recovery. And the recovery program changed my life. They were, they, the message I would give to young kids is to really just let them know that there's other ways to cope with the struggles that we have rather than turning to drugs and alcohol. And what about your son and your family and your life as you look forward, Justin? Well, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my son back. He's currently in care of DFS due to my drug addiction, mm -hmm. but I've been working really hard to get him back. I've taken parenting classes, completed my program. I still am active in recovery now, and I'm just really fighting to have my family back. What would you say is the most important thing that you learned in, in recovery? The most important thing in my recovery is really just to be accountable for the things that I'm doing. Well, Justin, we really appreciate your honesty and speaking with us. I think I know there's somebody out there who's watching this who is in your shoes, and I, I know you're going to inspire them uh, in a way that shows that people can turn their lives around. So thank you. Thank you very much for being here. I hope you can find your way, uh, you and your son can find your way back to, to being a full-time family together, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Justin. Martha McCallum, uh, unbelievable. I think, and I was talking about this with Vic on Friday, I think just the way she handles people that are in recovery and the way she talks about fentanyl, I think Martha probably has someone very close to her who's fighting the good fight or or did at some point. Um, she's pretty cool, and I know Vic mentioned it too, that she is that way with veterans. So neat. I, I don't know if you remember, but she used to be on CNBC talking stocks for the longest time. Uh, you know, I remember in 1999 following some of that talk, she would always give the reports and all that. And she was one of the money honeys. That's right. Along with uh, Maria Bartiromo, money honey as well as as well still today. Uh, absolutely. I mean, gosh, 20 two years later. Okay, so I talked about, you know, making sure your kids or you never take medicine that is not yours. Medicine that's not from, uh, you know, something with your name on it, a bottle, a prescription, a doctor. And a big part of that is making healthy decisions for your life. You know, we don't want to just constantly run around and yell at the kids, don't do drugs, you know, don't do heroin, don't do fentanyl. It doesn't really you know, seem to have as big of an impact after the fear wears off. What it's got to be about, I've got a uh, fire truck running by me right now. I hope everyone's okay. But it's got to be about living a healthy life, trying to be healthy. What do I put in my body? I don't put someone else's medicine. I keep myself free of things like that, and I put good things into my body, this one and only body that I've been given. Now, I'm saying that like I think that I've done some stupid things and taken, 
you know, and eaten thoroughly and taken things. But so I can't sit here and from the ivory tower and say that, but that's what I think we want to have our kids believe. And, and, and it's important. And I know that that's definitely uh, kids. Many kids are a lot better with that today and parents as well. One thing you can put in your body. Here we go. Shameless plug is water that truly changes lives and has helped my life and my family's life so often. And that's the water from our free water store. Okay, here's the concept. Number one, our free water store is just that. You can get free water all you want and try this water. You just get a little uh, carrier canister in many different ways from them at cost, and they want you to feel how your life can change from this water. That's the concept right there. If down the road you want to have one of these water units that I have, you get that. You know, that that's that's how it works. And this water can also, there's a setting on it. Because of the electric charge in it, it can kill bacteria. Uh, you wouldn't drink this setting of the same water out of the same sink that you have, but you would set it at a, at a different level and that kills 99% of bacteria and it is water. It's not water you would want to drink, but restaurants are using it now. You change the setting from a great drinking water, 9.5 pH to 2.5. And it's truly amazing how that works. Okay. So then what's the deal? Why is this water that way? It goes across 700,000 volts, titanium plates, and it puts this this charge in the water. And people who have drank this water, when they do a blood test before and after, you see their cells are more buoyant. Their cells are more alive. And that's how we age. We age from our cells getting older, right? We are made of water. And when your cells get older, they die, you age more. This, in my mind, and it sounds a little like uh, hyperbole, is the fountain of youth. It certainly deserves to be checked out at our free water store. Just bring an open mind. They have these educational classes that are like a half hour. They do every week. Ourfreewaterstore.com. The real magic is actually going there in Chesterfield on Olive and trying some of this water. And they really just want to educate. It's that big. Also, my family and I were buying, you know, a 2440 pack of plastic bottles of water every week because it was convenient. Not because we love that water. That water, by the way, has been sitting in uh, a warehouse and had been in heat for six months before you got it, by the way, in those plastic canisters. But now we don't have to put those into the environment. We just take it from our water processor and put it in the fridge or just put it in a cup. It's better that way. So there's so many reasons why I love our free water store in Chesterfield. I appreciate you hearing me out on that one. I talked about the highs and the lows of fentanyl and uh, Justin is definitely a high. Amazing. Uh, and, and I always say to him so far, He's got to keep working it every single day, that story you just heard. And if you missed it, I want you to come back and hear my podcast again because what happened is pretty amazing on Paul Cook Talks with Justin going on Fox News. But another story I was so sad, and just later that night uh, after talking to Justin, had another friend uh, from high school who I'd reconnected with, and he'd had his struggles. Uh, I'll just call him Mark. 
because I don't know if his family is uh, open to talking about him yet, but he was uh, couldn't get into recovery the way you know that is needed, and uh, sadly died of a fentanyl overdose this past week. Absolutely tragic, and could not believe when I heard that. But it just tells you it's real. It's here. It's in St. Louis. When I saw that National Fentanyl Prevention and Awareness Day was 821, it saddened me because that's his birthday. You know, and, you know, maybe just being able to talk about him right now is is a a good thing. But um, rest in peace, Mark. Thank you so much for listening to Paul Cook Talks. We'll talk to you next week.